Happy Mother's Day. It's a beautiful day out there. It's a good day to honor our mothers. Our scripture reading today reminds us of uh, that duty, which is also a great privilege. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you for your grace and your goodness to us. We thank you that everything that we look at and see in our world um, has come from you. Uh, the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth that we walk on, everything that there is is your creation. And Lord, our families and our friends are great gifts from you. This day, Lord, as we honor mothers, may we also honor you, the living God, who designed the human family. We thank you, Lord, that uh, long before any one of us ever gave you a thought, you loved us, and you provided for our needs provided for our greatest need by sending your one and only Son into this world to die in our place and to pay for our sin. And every good and perfect gift we've ever had has come from you. And for that we thank you. And we ask that you would open our hearts and our minds to your truth this day. It's in Jesus' most wonderful name that we pray. Amen. So a few years ago, I told you all a story about a time when I was speaking at another church. And when at that other church, I announced the text I was going to look at, a woman uh, in the congregation said out loud in a voice that everyone could hear, and she said it with a great uh, uh, feeling. She said, oh, no. <laughs> there was this visceral reaction to the mere mention of that text, and the words were out of her mouth before she could stop them. Now, to her credit, she didn't walk out. She stayed for the whole, uh, whole time and heard the message. But there is little doubt that if she had known what that passage was uh, that we were going to look at that morning, she wouldn't have come to church that day. And I believe that woman said out loud what many other women were thinking that particular morning. Uh, they just managed to keep it to themselves, and I think they simply were preparing themselves to endure for what uh, they thought was coming. 
And yet if they had listened that morning and, uh, and from the comments that Ann and I got afterwards, uh, many of them did, they would have walked away with a new appreciation for that particular text based on a different and I think a better interpretation of it. So the text we're going to look at today, if you haven't already figured it out, is Proverbs 31. And many pastors will turn there today, this morning, because it is Mother's Day. And I have done so myself here a few years ago. But today we're going to look at a particular passage that we haven't looked at before. So I want you to join me, if you would, please, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, where we'll be looking at verses 28 through 31, or you can look on the screen. Hopefully it'll be up there for you. I want to begin by telling you that this proverb from, uh, from verse 10 all the way to the end, which is entitled in the NIV as Epilogue, the wife of a noble character, really is intended to be a blessing and an encouragement to mothers and wives. And we've looked at this in the past, as I've said, and we're not going to go over all of that again, but I do need to say enough so that this proverb will be seen in its proper light. You see, it really is intended to be an encouragement to mothers and wives, but oftentimes it has been a source of great discouragement that was reflected by that woman's outburst those years ago. And I suspect the reaction that some of you may have felt in your hearts when you realized that we were uh, once again approaching this passage And that problem comes because uh, sometimes pastors and husbands and men in general and even children have used this particular text in such a way that it's not intended to be used. They've used it as a kind of a checklist to evaluate performance. In other words, they stand in judgment, the thing that uh, none of us are supposed to do. And... The truth is, as you read this text and you look at it, you you wonder how anyone could ever live up to all the things that are written in it. And one example is going to have to suffice to uh, to show you what I mean. It, it says in the text that uh, a godly wife, a godly woman rises early, and it says in another place that she stays up late. And, and uh, you just simply couldn't uh, keep that up over and over again. Uh, It would wear you out and it would impair your health. And and so there's this misunderstanding that comes with it. And it's not just men who who misuse this passage. Women do too. And sometimes they use it to evaluate other women, which of course puts them in a dangerous situation of passing judgment on others, but sometimes they use it to evaluate themselves. And I think it's okay. I think you should evaluate yourself if you have the right understanding of the text. But but if you misunderstand it and you try to measure yourself against it, you end up feeling like a failure. And so to understand this proverb, you need to really understand two The first thing you need to know is that this is not a checklist. It's a kind of a summary. It's it's an example of the kinds of things that a godly wife and mother does over time. And so using that example again of rising early and staying up late, there are times 
that a woman will, for the sake of her family, get up early in the morning. And then there are times that a woman, for the sake of her family, will stay up late. And sometimes she does both of those things at the same time as, for example, when someone might be sick. And as for the other things that are listed there in, in that proverb, not every woman does each of those things. It's an example of the kinds of things that a godly wife and mother has sacrificed on behalf of her family. So the first thing you need to understand when you come to Proverbs chapter 31 is it's not a checklist. Rather, it's a kind of a summary telling us all of the things that our wives and mothers do for us. And the second thing that is so helpful to understand these texts is that you need to know it was written, first of all, to husbands and children to help them to appreciate the good gift that God has given them in their wives and mothers. Uh, it, it helps them to see that a godly wife and, and all that she has sacrificed out of love for her family. And, and I think that when women understand Proverbs 31 like that, that it, it is indeed an encouragement for them. Now, I want to ask you ladies a question. How often have you wondered if anyone out there even notices all that you do? Well, let me tell you, there is at least one person who has noticed. You see, God has noticed, and he wants others to see it also, especially those who have been benefited most from your sacrifices. So we're going to look at the text right now, and we're going to begin by looking at the very beginning of verse 28. And we read there, her children arise and call her blessed. And I want to stop right there for just a minute. It ought to be an encouragement to every mother out there that her children will appreciate her sacrifice. And I think some of you might be sitting out there thinking, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and I want you to notice something about this verb. It, it's not clear here in, uh, in the NIV, in the new translation of it, but that's a future tense. In the Hebrew, that's a future tense. It says that your children will arise and call you blessed. And for some of you, it hasn't happened yet. Some of you have already experienced it, but some of you haven't experienced it yet. And I have to tell you, I do not know in my years as a pastor, in my years as living life, how many times I've heard people say things like that. Well, their thoughts about their parents have changed as they've gotten older when they became kids themselves. And so many of the things that we didn't like about our dads or we didn't like about our moms, uh, we realized that uh, they were exactly the right thing to do and exactly the right thing to say. And then we, we find ourselves doing those things ourselves. And sooner or later, we tell mom and dad, yeah, you know, you were right in what you said. You were right in what you did. Now, sometimes, I want you to know, we realize it even when we're kids. I probably told you this story before, but I remember one time being in an argument with my mother, and I'm, I'm complaining because I have a curfew, and I've got to come in, and I, I threw
her my best shot at her. I said, well, Spanky's mother doesn't make him come in at any particular time. He come in whenever he wants. My mother shot right back at me, and she said, Spanky's mother doesn't like you, love you like I love you. And I knew she was right. But I wouldn't admit it. I wouldn't tell her she was right. But years later, I told Mom about that. And she said, well, I knew I was right. And it's about time you realized it. But I knew it that very night. And I said, kids, you know your mom's right about something. You've been not wanting to admit it. Tell her. Don't let another day go by. So, uh, moms, as I could tell you this, if it hasn't happened yet, if it hasn't already happened, the day is coming when your children will rise up and bless you. And here in the NIV, it says it's called her blessed, but the, the Hebrew really means will bless her. And the sense is, is that your children will one day rise up and call you blessed as a result of all that you have invested in them. See, no one, absolutely no one benefits from all that a godly mother does like the children do. And they will bless her. They will bless her in what they say to her. They will bless her in what they say about her. And they will bless her in the way that they live. Matthew Henry, old-time commentator, said children themselves become the godly mother's commendation. And, and, and that's true. Your children will one day bless you. And when it says here they will rise up, that really is a picture of, of standing up to honoring someone. But it also has another meaning. And both of those are in view here. And the other meaning is when they grow up. You see, it may not have happened yet, but they will one day grow up. They will one day realize all that you have done for them and how much you love them and how much you sacrifice for them. And they'll bless you. They'll bless you by the way they're living. They will bless you in the way they talk to you, and they will bless you in the way they talk about you. And I think that's a really good thing. Now, the next thing that we see in Proverbs here is that not only will the children bless the mother, uh, at least later if they haven't done it yet, but the husband should do that now. So again, verse 28 says, Her children arise and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. See, the husband also is supposed to bless his wife. And so he returns to her, the joy and happiness for all that uh, she has invested in the family. And, and the way he does it, and the way he speaks to her, and the way he speaks about her, and the way he lives his life. Only he ought to be doing it now. And that verb there in the Hebrew is in the present tense. And that means he's doing it right now. And he does it constantly, and all the time he does it. And so it should be happening now, and it should be continuing to happen over and over again. And the husband's attitude really ought to be, my wife is the greatest wife in the world. That's what verse 29 means. It says, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. So the husband, the godly wife, ought to feel that way. So years ago, the first year that Ann and I were married, we worked in a particular place, and 
and uh, there was a young man there, and he was getting married, and we were all standing around talking uh, one afternoon after the work was over, and he said, I'm marrying the greatest woman in the world. And I said, no, you're not. You can't, because I'm already married to her. And all of a sudden he smiled and realized what we're saying. He said, yeah, that's the way we ought to feel about our wives. That's the way we start out, isn't it? And we ought to continue with that same kind of feeling. I'm telling you, it takes an effort on our part to do it because we're sinners. It just kind of devolves into, into taking people for granted. But that's the way it ought to be. And this passage uh, tells us that he ought to be praising her. And you know, that ought to be happening in front of the kids. Um, they're certain that they're going to see those times when you fight them. But it's not certain that they will notice when things are going good. And it's up to you then. It really is up to you to, to help them to see how good your wife is by praising her. And, and you don't feel that way. And I have to tell you, you need to ask God to change your heart so that you really are grateful So, husbands, you know, God brought you together. He brought you to your wife, and, and a godly woman ought to be blessed. A man ought to return that joy and happiness to her for, for all she's done by speaking nicely and kindly and well to her, speaking well about her, and praising her in front of the children, and living a good life, and, and, and having that attitude that she really is the and I have to say, just, just kind of aside from this, you know, man, I know we fail at this. I, I mean, we fail at it, now, I don't want to say all the time, but over and over again, I think we fail at it because we are sinners. And so, so the question you have to ask yourself is, is what's a general picture of how you treat your wife? Because that's really what's enlightening because we're all going to, So what does it look like normally in your life? And if it isn't something you're proud of, then you need to work to change it. And I have to say something to the ladies. You know, if your husband isn't doing that, if he's not praising you in front of the children and, and speaking well about you all the time and treating you as though you're the greatest woman in the world, then I think you need to do something. You need to first off examine yourself and make sure treating him right. Because ladies, honestly, as wonderful as you are, we're sinners too. And sometimes the change has to come on your side. But if you are treating him right, and if you are doing what you should do, and if you are acting like a godly woman, then if your husband isn't acting that way, there's a couple things I have to say to you. First is don't give up. Keep on being a godly wife because at least your children will appreciate it. Maybe they don't now, but one day they will appreciate it. And secondly, I'd say to you, you pray for your husband because if you're really loving him like you ought to and he doesn't appreciate you, he needs your prayers. And so you love him if he isn't loving you. 
And sometimes, I have to tell you, that means saying to him, look, we're going to go get counseling. Because it's not supposed to be just an existence. It's a marriage. It's a friendship. It's a unity. And it ought to sparkle. There ought to be goodness about it. And you really ought to rejoice. And finally, I'd say to you that you have to remember that the strength of all that you do really comes from God. In fact, it's that relationship with God that makes it so that you can be the godly wife or mother. We read in verse 30, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so the woman has a relationship with God is to be praised. Her, her children will see it to it one day. Her husband ought to be doing it now. And God knows it and commands it. And when it says here in this passage that the woman who fears the Lord is talking about all, it's talking about a woman who has seen God and understands who he is and is just overwhelmed with how good and loving and holy and great and mighty that God is. And that comes only from a relationship with God. And it's a relationship that goes on and on and goes continues. And from that relationship, the godly mother godly wife finds the strength to do all the things that she does in a marriage and in her family and sacrifice her. She finds the strength to keep on doing it even when things are hard. And she finds wisdom that we haven't talked about but's in another place in this passage on her relationship with her husband. Because we're not easy to live with, guys. And we finds, she finds wisdom on how to raise her children good friends of ours, Rodney and June. June said, only God knows the full of each children's life. And and women, if you're connected with God, God will open your heart and your mind to what your children need. And all of that comes from your relationship with God. The world and vanity, the, the flesh, the devil, they all tell you to look good on the outside, and that's good in its own way, but it doesn't last. There's no strength in it. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a real relationship with the living God lasts forever. There's strength and wisdom in it. It will bring a blessing to your husband and to your children and to you. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Your ongoing relationship with God, and if you don't have one, you certainly can, is a source of strength and wisdom which will benefit your children and one day, if it hasn't happened, your children will stand up and bless you. Your husband ought to be doing it now. He ought to think you're the greatest. But even if he doesn't, if you've done all of this, it has not escaped God's notice. And one day, One more thing that I want to do here, and that is I want to be obedient to the last passage in this proverb. And it says, Honor her for all that she, her hands have done, 
and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. And every year it's Mother's Day, I do the same thing, and I'm going to do it again. This church building is as close as we have to a city gate. And here's an opportunity for you to stand up and to give praise to your mother and to give thanks for her and to give thanks to God. And guys, this is your part of the service.
might be hope for us, Ann.